Hi, I'm Kim Rickards, professional superglue and co-founder of Manifest. Manifest is a resource platform with a vision to empower professionals of color to make connections and build intentional communities to manifest careers, dreams, and goals. In this podcast, we will nurture, inspire, connect, and elevate our listeners through relevant stories and conversations. Now let's Manifest. Niani Tolbert has a goal to help 10,000 Black women ex get trained, hired, and promoted. On today's episode of Les Manifest, we're going to learn why she's listed as one of the 30 most creative people in advertising under 30 by Business Insider, what some of the best things are about being a Black woman in tech right now, her advice to recruiters, and why Hire Black Now is the perfect hiring partner for companies all over the world. So Niani, welcome to Les Manifest podcast. Thank you so much, Kim, for sharing your platform with me and for having this conversation with me. I'm super happy to have this conversation because it's been a while we talked about this (laughs) and now we're actually getting to do it. So before we get into the chat, let's have some fun. We're going to play this or that. Have you played this game before? Yes, I have. Not in this type of setting, though. So this is going to be really interesting. All right. Well, since you've played before, you pretty much know that this is just a fun conversation starter. And you're going to say whatever comes to mind, no overthinking aloud. And we're going to start right now. Ready? Yes, I am. Okay. So hamburger or taco? Hamburger. Would you prefer to receive a handwritten letter or a heartfelt email? Handwritten letter. Hmm. Cups in the cupboard, right side up or upside down? Upside down. <laughs> right. I'm like, you got to reach for it. You don't want the fingerprints <laughs> all up in. Yeah, I agree with you. What about most important in a partner, intelligence or being funny? Intelligence. Toilet paper, over or under? Oh, over. <laughs> over. <laughs> what about blinds or curtains? Blinds. At a movie, candy or popcorn? Candy. And last one, working alone or working in a team? Team. That was fun. Uh, That was fun. See, that was light work for you. You you do so much hard work. I figured we'd start with something light for you. (laughs) That was really fun. I love that. (laughs) I'm glad you enjoyed it. So now that we're, we're, you know, we've got the fun out the way, we're going to continue to have some more fun with starting with you telling listeners some advice you would give to your 16-year-old self? Oh, I think advice that I would give to my 16-year-old self is to listen to the feelings and notice the tension in in your body, if that makes any sense. Um, I think that, you know, as... As, as especially as Black women, um, I think that there's been plenty of times where I was kind of just ignoring things, you know, ignoring mm-hmm. things and just kind of just trying to keep the peace mm-hmm. um, and not really, really understanding my feelings around certain things because I was just trying to, you know, I guess not, not mis- yeah, kind of suppress. Um, I didn't mm-hmm. really understand my feelings, but I think leaning into, hey, like, I don't feel good about this. This makes my stomach turn. This makes my, you know, that the, once I started like leaning into that, that's when I found what I really love and what I really don't like, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. That makes a lot of sense. And one thing I discovered when we initially spoke is that 
we both are learning how to lean into what feels right, right? And part of knowing that comes with knowing your purpose. And it seems like we both have an affinity for community building and networking. And I'm guessing that this is part of what led to hire now, um, hire black now, but we're not going to talk about that yet because I do want to commend you for taking advantage of the virtual space that we remain in by leveraging LinkedIn. You're trying, you know, new things, you're bringing people together, you're making new connections, you're helping others to grow their network. And I think part of what you're doing when you do host these 30-minute LinkedIn live coffee chats every Thursday at noon with industry leaders and experts is really get people to know that, one, you're, you're here for them because you want them to know that you're feeling what they're feeling. Right. Mm -hmm. And and I think that it may go back to what you would tell your 16 year old self, because you are not trying to suppress anything any longer. I think you have been doing an exceptional job at giving people a platform to share. And I just wanted to say that to you. I commend you for doing it, especially right now, because there are so many people that are feeling suppressed, even still in their day to day work. They're Mm -hmm. not able to really, you know, be authentic and really share what's going on with them. They do want new jobs. They feel kind of like no one's going to hire me, you know, like all these Mm -hmm. things. And then here you come and you're like, look, let's have conversations every week. (laughs) (laughs) You need to start building your virtual network so that these people that may be having the conversation, they may be your next hiring partner, or they may be your next manager or your next collaborative partner. Like it could be anything. And I do appreciate you for doing that. Thank you, Kim. Thank you. And thank you for all that you do and, and the empowerment that you do as well. I appreciate, like, you know, even the collaboration, like knowing that like, we're in this together and like we're just trying to see each other shine and grow. Exactly. Exactly. And speaking of seeing each other shine and grow, what are some of the best things about being a Black woman right now, in your opinion? There's always some great and incredible things about being a Black woman right now. I think that what I really have always enjoyed is the joy. Sorry, there's like stuff in the background. Oh, We're in New York City, girl. It's all good. <laughs> I'm like, so go ahead. No, I was saying outside the world may be shut down, but technically New York City is still very much alive and popping. So totally get it. Yeah, I actually went to Miami. I ended up going to Miami and I've been here for about uh, um, a month since December um, because yeah, I was just like, I need to, I need to, I need, I need, I need some space. I need, to go. I need some space. Right. Well, you said Miami. I'm like, Florida ain't never shut down. So oh, that makes no. even more sense. It, uh, it was a mess. It's a mess over here. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, but I'm staying inside my, um, staying at my grandma's house just, just you know, and just not going anywhere because, you know, it's my grandma. <laughs> um, right, right. And just to be safe, you know. Um, mm-hmm. But so that's why you might hear some roosters. I don't know what's going on with this <laughs> helicopter, but I guess you can edit that out. I'm just waiting for the helicopter to go above this. I'm like, what happened around here? Okay. I was just going to say, are they looking for somebody? <laughs> like, y'all good? Because y'all been a- above this for a little minute now. <laughs> Okay. Neon, you sure it's not your private jet that's waiting for you? Because <laughs> the way true. you've been taking, <laughs> the way you've been taking off recently, and we're gonna touch on that too. I'm like, you've been doing some pretty dope things. So I'm like, you sure you're, it's not the jet outside? You like, let's hurry up and wrap this. That is so funny. Do you still hear it? 
No, I don't. <laughs> oh, you don't hear? Okay, cool. So I'm gonna just keep it, keep it pushing. Okay, so um, thank you for that. Um, I I think that you know being a black woman has always been incredibly beautiful, right? Because mm-hmm. I feel like you know it's it's one thing for us to have to go to through that strength, um, go through things to be strong, but it's another thing for us, especially now, to we've always realized our power. We always um realized what we can do because we have always been the people to wear capes in our communities and others of oppressed of other oppressed communities we've always right. been you know we've always been the mothers we've always been the sisters we've always been the friends um but i think especially right now we have shown up for us right. which and my most favorite, um, my favorite thing about right now we're showing up for us we're showing up for you know each other um, in a way that is, you know, uh, that time has allowed us to to be. You know, it's always been it's it's always been kind of like we have but we haven't really had the permission, right? And we don't need the permission. Right. We've always been chastised for showing up for ourselves or for craving our creating our own spaces. But I think right now people just leaving us alone. <laughs> right. People, people, people just leaving us alone about it, and I mean. It's 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 to the point where you know we've always been able to we've always have been but at this point we're not having to explain ourselves all of the time which is tiring that right. that's tiring so I love the fact that you know people are starting to get it you know I'm not saying that they got it they don't have right. it yet. um there's right. still a lot of work but I I, I appreciate that that space because dang. <laughs> It's like, it's time, it's time. And I do, I agree with you. I think that we've always been the strong group of people and we've always been taught that we are to be the strong group of people. Even when we are suffering ourselves and we're crying on the inside, we know that we always have to, you know, put that mask on and you still have to show up and you have to be excellent. And you have, you know, like there's always so much pressure that's put on us, but you're absolutely right. Right now we are all as a as a collective of black people and people of color we are all banding together to really say you know what enough is enough and we're also saying we want to help one another and do it authentically and sincerely which is why we're going to talk about higher black now because i do feel that you you saw the need and then the opportunity came for you to be able to really connect your network with the right resources and you, you want to help people thrive in their careers. And I think your stance on promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion has been, again, tremendous because you're doing it on you know, LinkedIn, which is, we know, a very white platform still, but you're doing this in a way where everyone's paying attention right now. So how did Hire Black Now manifest itself? Um, so it, I originally had, um, from a long time ago, um, I'm not trying to sit here and throw anybody under the bus, but it is what it is. Uh, a <laughs> long time ago, I started this thing called Glow Up Gang. Um, and I think you might be the first person to, I have, I've been afraid to kind of share this, this story because I didn't want to, you know, make anyone look bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but my previous employer... Um, in the tech space, in the tech department, had only four Black women. Mm. Um, 
Well, I was one. Um, so I was a technical recruiter. Another black woman was uh, the office manager, and then two black women that held the tech traditional tech tech careers or tech um, tech roles. So four in the whole entire office. And so I was just like, listen, um, I you know I mentioned the other black girl. Um, to one of my, um, to the office manager sat in and she said, hell, I, I don't know Kadisha. And I was just like, or not Kadisha, I don't know Lashana. And I was like, how do you not know this four of us? <laughs> <laughs> right, what? There's a whole entire four. <laughs> one, two, wow. three, four. Like, if you don't know the black women, like, how do you, how do you know anybody? <laughs> right, right. I mean, for me, I'm not going to lie. I am that type of person where it's like, if I see another black woman in the room, I'm going right up to her and I'm introducing myself. And I've Absolutely. always just been that way. And so um, I ended up wanting them to introduce themselves. I wanted us to all get together. So what we did was I called this thing a glow up game, which is where we had this kind of, um, you know, semi, you know, just a really, really informal um, <laughs> type of, uh, you know, ERG. But we just kind of like got together after work, got, had, had some um, drinks and then talked about like our roses, our thorns, and then saw what our goals were so that we could keep each other accountable. Um, so we did that for about a year, year-ish, a little bit over a year. And then in the beginning of quarantine, um, we were just like, how are we going to continue going? Um, how are we going to keep keep on, you know, having this type of thing where we do our check-ins? Um, so with this glow-up game, which is what I called ourselves. Um, and so once we were doing, once we went to quarantine, I was just like, hey, if anybody wants to join the glow-up gang, um, you know, anybody can join. So I just posted, posted, posted it on LinkedIn, posted it on, you know, on on Facebook and all of that and had different type of events. I had around 30 events for tailored towards women um, with the voice of a woman of color, um, you know, about like women empowerment or just things, you know, just just activities for us to kind of get together. Um, so at that time, I wanted to, um, in the summer, I wanted to do some more things around Glow Up Gang. Um, and I was just saying, you know, on Juneteenth, I wanted to get you know, 19 black women um, to have resume review sessions. So it was really something where it's just like, this all started from being one of four black women in the workforce to kind of going full circle to being like, hey, I wanna help black women. Um, at that time, you know, <laughs> then George Floyd, around that time, you know, the George Floyd protests were happening. Everything was going kind of, you know, in in line with what was going on um and suddenly everybody cared <laughs> suddenly everybody yeah. cared um so it just happened to be that that timing that timing of like you know me posting something not really wanting um um anything from it not really asking anything from it but just being like hey i have this network this is the best that i can do this is the what i can do um i am a, a recruiter so i only know recruiters this is the best i can do um i was too afraid to go outside for the marches because i was too afraid of the virus um mm -hmm. and so essentially glow up gang eventually birthed um this 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 exceptional community called Higher Black. Wow, amazing. And you see, this is the, the way that things happen because again, you saw a need, but then you didn't just think of how you could help the three other ladies in your space. You thought bigger than that. And you were thinking 
anybody that's interested can join. And now how many people do you have that signed up through Higher Black? Higher Black, oh my gosh. Um, between the like newsletter, the outside community and within the portal itself, about like five or 6,000 people. Wow, wow. And this is Juneteenth. We're talking Juneteenth 2020 people. So just <laughs> imagine, this is again what happens when you have an intention and then you start to actually action on it. I think like the universe just works to bring everything forward because again, timing is everything. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it's just incredible because, you know, like I talk to people about the importance of ERGs and like all of this really stemmed from, you know, Hey, I want them I in my own place in my own job, in my own role, I wanted a safe space for Black women. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I wanted a safe space for Black women just between us four. And I was completely happy with that. You know, I'm compl- I'm, I'm striving to help as many people as possible, but I'm. it's not like, I'm like, oh, I won't be happy unless I help this many people. You know, like, right. I'm happy right. with helping how many people. I'm just, I just want people to take the value from it themselves. You know, that's what's most important to me. Mm-hmm. And speaking of value, you actually held, was it your first or second summit last year? Our first summit. Yes. The first yes. summit <laughs> last year and I'm well attended. Um, definitely saw people on LinkedIn talking about it and people were like, we need more. I have a girlfriend of mine that was like, I'm in this summit and it's popping. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right now. <laughs> so so again, I do think that it's the, the vision for growth is definitely in progress, right? Like things are happening. But I also think that it, it, to me, it seems as if the work that's being done right now, we don't want it to just be a right now momentary thing. We want people to know and want companies to know that it's critical that this work continue to move forward Mm -hmm. as time goes on. Because what I think about some people is that, or even just in general, people in general, we tend to be a little like, you know, lukewarm, like we're hot when we need to be. And then we kind of like settle. Right. And then sometimes we're just outright cold. But I think right now people are in that lukewarm stage where it's sort of kind of maybe possibly of interest to them or of importance to them. And my thing is, let's keep it as hot as it was when Mm -hmm. the circumstances were what they were with George Floyd around that. And, you know, like, let's make sure we we keep this. And I hate the saying, keep our foot on the neck, but that's essentially what what it is. Right. People know that this is important work year round, year after year, not just around Juneteenth, not just around, you know, Martin Luther King weekend, not just around Black History Month. Like, this is work that is important period. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I noticed that you are doing, and you've been, um, again, vocal about this too, is relying on allyship. So why are allies a critical part of the work you do? Allyship is important because we should not be doing this alone. You know, we should not be doing this alone because when people have been holding a type of power or access, um, like naturally, people will kind of have circles that look like their own. So opportunities go out to circles that look like their own. Um, oftentimes when, when, when like, and, and it's just not, it's just not fair to not extend to outside communities. It's not fair to, you know, not think about people 
that are not within reach. You know, I think that it's important for allies to extend their opportunities out um, instead of, you know, keeping things within their own within their own spaces, because that just is a direct um whether whether someone believes it or not, that is a type of oppression, right? Like not knowing, yeah. not knowing anything, not knowing about an opportunity, or not having these type of resources, or having you know someone that you went to school with <laughs> that you can easily reach out to for these type right. of jobs is 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 a type of oppression. Like th- it's it's that it's that holding of information, whether it's intentional or not, you know. Right that not reaching out to certain schools, whether it's intentional or not. Um, as a recruiter, I would always challenge if someone was to say, hey, if they went to an Ivy League school or anything like that, um, you know, they would prefer someone from an Ivy League because at the end of the day, what is a percentage of people from an Ivy League, of, of people of color, of Black people from an Ivy League? You're already limiting the pool. Like you're limiting right by a lot it's already like it's already limiting but especially for people of color especially for black people um so i just think that you know people need to really think into their own um do the work and really think into their own misconception misconceptions about what makes someone a good worker right um rethink what re go out of themselves and think about what um, how how boxed in that they might be in their community. Um, because at the end of the day, there are a lot of white people that don't have to interact with black people, you know? But if black people want to be successful, you have to interact with white people. Like, and, and so I think that it's just fair for for everyone to, to learn how to interact with others or learn how to be understanding or open open to, to, to trying to have a different perspective because black people do it all the time. They have to code switch. They have to they have to learn and, and adjust to the corporate environment, which is a Eurocentric environment. Absolutely. And I think that it's important for companies, those that are listening that are at some of these companies where the representation of Black talent is extremely poor and low, I think it's important for them to know um, there's certain things that we are definitely okay with and there's certain things that we're not okay with. So for example, we know that diversity and inclusion is beyond just gender and race and, you know, like our financial status, it goes deeper than that. So when you hire people that have different or that have, yeah, different names, but their backgrounds is a, are exactly alike, that's not really diversifying your talent pool. That's mm-hmm. actually still continuing to, again, keep the statistics what they are. So to me, if I see some people hire someone from another tech company, and when you look at the resume, you're like, this is exactly who we have working here. I don't think that that diversifies anything. I think that what happens is people come in and they just all do exactly what they were doing at the last company because that's all they know. And all they know is what everyone else around them has been doing. And I think sometimes the recruiters have to go a little deeper. So my question to you after my mini rant was or is, what do companies need to know in your from your perspective? What do companies need to know before hiring black talent? They need to know what they want. Mm. They need to know what they want. Um, you know, they need to know what they want and know that the talent black talent is out to, to for whatever they want. You know? Right. Um, I think a lot of people 
and then this is coming from a recruiter standpoint. Now I can I can come from a Niani standpoint after, but from a, <laughs> <laughs> from the recruiter standpoint, oftentimes their job descriptions or requisite recs go out without people knowing exactly what they even need, right? Mm-hmm. And so what oftentimes happens you know, as a company expands their team is that they're looking for specific things that they're, that's not even what they exactly want, you know, like they're looking for someone who can change, who can, you know, shift perspectives or is innovative or, you know, has a different, can bring something to the table or someone who can, you know, you know, look at something and organize something in a certain way or do architectural, whatever, whatever that is. So they have this idea of what are the qualifications to get what they want. That is not that that doesn't necessarily even reflect into what they think they want, you know, right. um, or what they what they actually need, right? Um, because there's a different a bunch of ways to find someone who's going to bring another perspective or be creative or bring an innovative mind. Maybe it is outside of the industry, right? Like, right. like you right. have to think just because you want something or you need something, that doesn't mean that there are these elitist concepts that have to go along with it. Maybe mm-hmm. you can find that in uh, in an area that you that doesn't look like your own. Maybe that's where the innovation comes in, where maybe that's how the problem gets solved. Um, Maybe that's what you actually need. Um, From the black me, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think that recruiters um, and hiring managers need to just know that they, they need to just honestly cut, cut out the, they need to just leave let leave more so hiring managers they need to just let leave leave people be if it doesn't look if they don't look like them or even if they do look like them um i think that they just need to leave people be when they give them a job right um and so this is when it comes this is where i'm talking about more so retention or keeping black talent you know if you're hiring black talent um, and you are thinking about diversity, do not like shut someone up or shut someone down for not having a similar sort of stance as you. Right. Don't don't, right. don't shut them down if they have a different idea or concept of how they would go about things. Don't shut someone down if they have um if they have suggestions that don't align with how you would approach things, you know? Because diversity and inclusion also it comes with a diverse diversity and inclusion in thoughts, in minds, in processes, in systems. And so mm-hmm. if you want to talk about diversity and inclusion, you have to accept the fact that this might bring somebody that challenges you and the challenges the way that you think and be okay with that. And don't get don't get um threatened by it. Right. You know? Absolutely. Don't shut Absolutely. it down. Amplify that 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 difference in opinion. You mm-hmm. know? Um, and, and so that's what, that's what my black, my black behind (laughs) (laughs) about diversity and inclusion. No, but I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I do think that people need to be more open to the fact that the talent may not come from exactly where they're looking and they need to kind of like cast the net further. Because mm-hmm. if you really do want that innovation and you really do want the diversity of thought, then you're going to have to go looking, like you said, for it. It's not probably going to just be 
the person that's down the hall. It may need to be someone who's never been in that company at all, who can really bring in a fresh pair of eyes and a fresh way of doing things. So everybody wins when you do the work is what I would say. Exactly. And be prepared to be uncomfortable, you know, when it comes to diversity of thought, when you do have these new, new people that come in, accept them and be uncomfortable. And it's okay. It's okay. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm like, absolutely. It's okay. And it will be okay. Because Mm -hmm. that's just how life is. (laughs) Like, we we all feel discomfort at some point in time. That's why they call it growing pains. But Mm -hmm. um, it, it is what it is. And my question for you, because our time together is coming to an end, my dear, but I do want to know, what are you manifesting? Ooh. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. The first thing that came to my mind, I'm going to tell you the first thing that came to my mind. Um, the first thing that came to my mind is... Um, um, where the where the money resides? <laughs> <laughs> okay, now <laughs> I'm 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 re- I'm manifesting going to where the money resides, and I'm going I'm manifesting that for every everybody, everybody, especially Black women. Right. Um, well, we we heard the plane, the jet was outside, so we know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want us to be able to protect the bag, secure the bag, um, and secure the bag for future generations um, and, and know uh, manifesting everyone knowing their worth and me, me having that type of attitude myself. You know, I, I also deal with the whole put your mask on before, you know, helping others. So I'm manifesting that mindset of everyone going to where the money resides, where the money resides, where the money resides. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I am here for all of it. I'm like, I will be right there with you at that residence of where the money resides. Um, but thank you so much, Niani, for joining Let's Manifest podcast. I really hope you enjoyed our time together. Yes, Kim, this was so great. Thank you so much for, you know, being being here and having this conversation and having the oh some good, good, good questions. Yeah, absolutely. I'm like, I'm sure listeners are gonna be like, we want to hear from her again and we would love to have you back. So Definitely, listeners, before you get to the next episode of Less Man of Feast, please remember to leave your five-star review. Then you want to share this podcast. Then you want to join Higher Black's community of Black women, ex-diverse talent, professionals. They got allies. They got everybody up on there. And, you know, you'll be able to connect with others and really help level each other up personally and professionally. And don't forget to connect with Niani on social media. And the info is in the show notes for you. If you have any questions for her, or if you simply want to say thank you, I am more than sure that she is going to welcome a line. And until next time, everybody be well and continue to manifest and be where the money resides. Thank you, Niani. Thank you, Kim. Thanks for listening to the Manifest podcast. Before you go, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Share this with your family, share this with your friends, share this with your colleagues. Just share this with your entire community. And until next time, let's manifest. <laughs>